you glad he called your name? Awesome. Awesome. Look, I want you to take a second. I want you to greet somebody around you. Give them a high five, a hug. Um, actually, maybe an air high five since everybody's been sick. We don't want to spread nothing here. Anybody got sanitizer? Raise your hand. People need it all around you. All right. There we go. What's up, everybody? Y'all doing good tonight? Look, if you are excited to be here, uh, would you just tell the person next to you, hey, I'm excited to be here tonight. Now look at the person you didn't choose first and say, I'm excited that you're here tonight. Look, I am, man, I always, and I'm all, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be brief tonight, but I'm hoping that this is powerful. But man, before we get into anything, I just want you guys to know I'm so thankful anytime uh, Pastor Stan and Angie give me the opportunity to share with you. We have amazing pastors. How many of you guys were here Sunday? Oh my gosh. Sunday was like next level uh, message. It was, it was awesome. And so uh, we are in a series as a church called Advantage, and this series is all about the Holy Spirit and uh, who he is and, and, and what he does in our lives and how uh, we have an advantage uh, when we have him in our lives. And so I want to go, I want to just, I'm going to just jump right in tonight, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach a message that's called Relentless Faith. Everybody say Relentless Faith. Relentless Faith. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I like that. I like that enthusiasm. Look, uh, relentless faith. Is it okay if I encourage you guys tonight? Look, I just felt like God put this on my heart. I just wanted to build us up tonight. I want to build us up and I want to encourage us tonight. So I was thinking, uh, you know, like any, like any, any of, uh, old school pastors, they like to start with the definition of the word that they're talking about. And for some reason, I just like that. So we're all on the same level. Nobody's at their seats wondering, do I need to Google relentless? What is the pastor going to do if he sees me on my phone? Is he going to call me out? Let's start with the definition of the word relentless. Relentless, and uh, maybe not the official definition, but I wanted synonyms. I feel like those were a little easier. Uh, maybe persistent, continuous, resilient. How many of you guys got any relentless children in here? You already know. Some mom told me they, that her son needs this shirt bad, and he needs to wear it every single day. Um, so look, I was trying to reflect and think of like a time in my life or times in my life where I had to be relentless, where I had to um, put extra effort into something. And so I'm, I'm thinking about these different stories and uh, I'm trying to connect to one. And I, and I found one of my more recent ones and uh, it just so happened uh, that it took place in uh, my car at a Chick-fil-A. And so, <laughs> well, don't judge me. <laughs> I like Chick-fil-A, it's good. Uh, so I'm in line at Chick-fil-A I go through the drive-through, get my order, right? Um, the girl tells me, or guy tells me at the counter, I can't remember, my pleasure, and sends me on my way, right? Um, do you, and so, you know, I'm in my car, pull off, my order's right, uh, lean over to the passenger seat, grab my fries like anybody eating in their car does, grab your fries first, right? And, uh, and uh, I'm a weird eater, just in case you were wondering, you don't care, but I eat my fries first and then the rest of my food, because fries are most important uh, hot. So uh, somebody clapped. They, they have, 
No, I know I wasn't telling you to clap. I said somebody actually clapped. But uh, yeah, that's the way to eat it. I'm pretty sure. Um, so, anyways, sitting in my car, grab a French fry, and somehow, between the passenger seat and my mouth, the French fry fell out of my hands. And it's fine if I was in my my Honda Pilot car. But I wasn't. I was in my Toyota Corolla. And in a smaller car, for those of y'all that have smaller cars, there's like this little space in between the center console and your seat. It's like the black hole of lost food. And so it was like, I'm sure there's like french fries, there's like candy canes left there from Christmas. There's like everything. And so I'm making this exchange from the seat to my seat, and the french fry is gone. But... I only got a medium fry that day, so every fry mattered. So, like, like you know, like, every fry matters. So I'm like, so I'm like, all right, let me see if I can reach it. Some of y'all just, don't judge me if it's gross. It, it, I was hungry, okay? So I'm reaching the middle of the black hole, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, no, that's not it. Oh, wait, what is that? That's a pretzel. Um, what is that? Um, that's, like, something that was wet. Probably don't want to touch that again. Uh, so, um, and, and so, like, you know, most of us would have quit at that point, and normally I would have, uh, but I was determined. I was relentless. I was relentlessly pursuing this French fry, and so, so before I left Chick-fil-A parking lot, I decided that I was going to park my car, get out, and I was going to roll the seat back, and I was going to get the French fry, and I was going to eat it. Come on, man. <laughs> Y'all come to church like y'all perfect, but, you know, don't judge me. I know y'all ate some nasty stuff before off your, the floor of y'all cars. Uh, so I get the fry, right? And, uh, and so I, I pull over, I, I grab, the, you know, grab the French fry, and I blew on it, because that's how you get all dirt off, <laughs> off stuff. And then I ate it, right? It was so good. Um, so, like, that was just the most recent story of a time in my life where I had to be relentless for something. And it was worth it. I loved it. Uh, and so maybe for you, your story isn't, um, you know, relentlessly pursuing a fry, you know, uh, maybe some of y'all it is, but maybe some of you guys can think of um, some of you younger kids, you, maybe you got a sibling that's close to you in age and you guys get competitive. I know when I was younger, I would, I would die before I lost to my brother in anything. And uh, he would always beat me, but I was so competitive, and I was like always trying to win. Always, so maybe you got, maybe you got uh, that sort of sibling rivalry. Maybe some of you guys have been relentless in your pursuit of uh, of being more fit or being more healthy. Maybe you guys can think of whatever it may be. Getting a career. There's times in our lives where where we've been relentlessly pursuing something. And so the, the common thread or the common denominator in stories about relentless effort are, uh, are two things. One thing was that um, we, there was an extra effort on our behalf to where we saw something of value and we were willing to risk, um, you know, potential germs in my case or in your case. We were, we, there, was, there was risk that we knew about, but we were willing, willing to take them. And so we put in the extra effort. And then the other part that's a common denominator that makes these stories so impactful is, uh, is the satisfaction or, or the results that we get from that effort. And so stories like these are not only common to us where we kind of think of them or we marvel at them or we like to see them on TV or, or in the news, uh, local news, or um, you know, but stories of relentless effort have existed from the beginning of time. I think of... Um, I think of, 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 when I think of a relentless individual, I think of, of the Apostle Paul. Uh, 
And, and, and if, you, if you chronicle his journey throughout the New Testament and you hear what he has to say, uh, you, may, you can just see how relentless he was in his pursuit of Jesus. And so I wanted us to um, look at a particular instance in Paul's life that he describes in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bible, um, if, if, if you have your physical Bible open to the book of Acts chapter 20, um, if you have your digital Bible, you can do that too. Um, while you, I'm not sure what that is, but <laughs> stop playing. <laughs> stop playing. Stop playing. Oh, goodness. Y'all need Jesus. Good thing y'all at church. Uh, anyway, so, all right, everybody there? Say amen if you're there. Great. Awesome. If you don't have the Bible app on your phone, download it because it's good. Um, so, um, Acts 20, verse 21 through 24, Paul says this. He says, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul's story here is super captivating. It, 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 the language that he uses to describe his actions, like they leave us like awestruck. Like you think of, he's like, uh, some of the words that stuck out to me was when he says, I'm compelled by the Holy Spirit. Um, the, another word he says, but the Holy Spirit warns me. And my life, and, the, and then the thing that really stuck out to me is when he says, and my life is worth nothing to me. Um, uh, it, it just, just his approach to his life in, in, in relation to not only the Holy Spirit, but his own value and where he find, found his value and what he saw his mission to be. That, that when I was reading this, and I was, I was just kind of, I kind of reread and read and read. And, um, but but the challenge, it challenged me as a believer. The reason why it challenged me as a believer because it forced me to um, it forced me to ask myself the question: Do I have a relationship that with the Holy Spirit that is intimate enough that if He calls me to do something or somewhere that I'll go, or if He takes an opportunity and warns me that something is about to occur, is my relationship with the Holy Spirit intimate enough to where I can hear that? And so it also challenged me in the in in in, in what Paul said in, in, in reference to like my life's goal and my direction. You see, what we're seeing here is, is not a, a one-off of Paul's life. Like this is how he was frequently living his life. In fact, this is how a lot of, uh, of the disciples lived their lives in view of their life being meaningless. And so this, this, when I read these verses, it challenges me to evaluate my life's goals and my direction. You see, Paul is modeling here a, a, a model of relentless faith. He knew that, so the crazy thing to me is when I read this, is he knew what was about to happen to him. He said that the Holy Spirit testified to him that he was about to be imprisoned and he was about to face adversity, and yet he still went ahead. And he knew that, that, that his, his, 
his obedience to God's Holy Spirit, his, his relationship with Jesus, and the ultimately spreading the gospel was more important than any of the plans that he had for his own life. And so he was willing to, to take those risks, despite what he felt like, despite what it looked like, despite the fear or the warnings that the Holy Spirit brought, he still relentlessly pursued God. Look, here's what I want, here's a, and I'm not going to preach long tonight. Here's what I want Paul's um, life to, to, to kind of teach us. Paul's ability to approach his life and his circumstances with such resilience teaches us this. Relentless, a relentless faith requires a relentless pursuit of Jesus. And so, and I, so I'll say it again. Relentless faith requires a relentless pursuit of Jesus. Paul knew what he was called to do. Paul knew what his God-ordained destiny was. And because he knew, what, because he was walking in the Spirit, because he knew who the Holy Spirit was, he was able to get direction. He was able to be sustained in these moments. And he was able to face strong adversity but be able to come through on the other side. If you and I want to carry out our God-ordained calling, we must be consistently connected to his Holy Spirit. If we aren't, then here's what will happen. We will live this faith where we are moved by our emotions, but then it won't last. You and I will, will be able to, to have this opportunity where we're able to run for a little bit, but then we will get tired. And then we will go weary. And then we're trying to, look, here's what I want to tell you. Because we live in a world where, where self-motivation is super key. Where like you, oh yeah, live without limits. All these, these, uh, these, these phrases that people say that are, that are really, um, really encouraging but not realistic. Here's the reality. You can't will yourself to walk in God's spirit. You can't will yourself to be like Christ. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. We're contrary to how you view yourself. Like none of us are good enough. Paul was not good enough, and he wrote like most of the New Testament. Like he was not, we're not good enough to will ourselves to walk in obedience to his Holy Spirit. We're not good enough, or we're not strong enough to will ourselves through adversity. We're not strong enough to will ourselves through our circumstances at this moment or in the future. If you rely only on your own power or will or strength, it may work for a while, but it, it won't always work. A discouragement or a challenge or adversity will cause you to run in a different direction. And think about this. If we're supposed to run for in, a, in, a, in a direction, we're running towards the mark that he set before us, right? If adversity comes and we're relying on our own willpower, we start walk, running in a different direction. We're not only running away from God, but we're running towards, uh, towards something else. We may be running towards something that seems good, but it's not God. And, and we're not running in the direction that he's called us to run in. And that only comes with a relentless intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I want us to, I want you guys to, I'm just going to rush through uh, this Romans 8 connection real quick. Um, man, Romans 8 is where, is where our theme for our youth retreat this weekend is from. But it, it just talks about like some of the, the roles that the Holy Spirit has in our life. Number, in verse 10, he says the Spirit gives us life. Um, num, verse 11 in Romans 8 says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Um, Romans 8.15 says we are no longer slaves to fear or what ifs because of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then number, uh, verse 26, he says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. 31 uh, continues to kind of expound upon it, said, as God is for us, who can be against us? And then 37 uh, is, is, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
all throughout the New Testament, we read about the Holy Spirit and we hear about the Holy Spirit and we, and it's synonymous with things like power and boldness and the, and, and the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings to us. And, and so my question is, if we know what God has promised us through the Holy Spirit, why won't we engage with him? Why won't we engage with him? And, 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 and so I want us to tonight, I, don't, I want us to be reflective in our own lives and think of, uh, like, of am, ask ourselves the question, like, am I engaging in the Holy Spirit? And then I want to tell us how we engage the Holy Spirit. And so, um, like, I want you to ask yourself, you know, like, if you look at your life right now, is, it a, is what you're doing on a daily basis a reflection of God's calling on your life? Is there something in your life that God has called you to and you know that this is what he's called you to and you have that conviction and so, you, and so you'll do whatever it takes, you'll put in extra effort to see that come to fruition? Or are you simply living a comfortable lifestyle? Look, the, the, when you're engaging in the Holy Spirit, it's not the road of least adversity, it's actually the road of more adversity because the enemy doesn't want to see you accomplish great things. And what happens is, and what I'm, what I'm guilty of, and what I think many of us are guilty of, is we often take the, the, the road of least resistance. And Paul's saying, if you want relentless faith, if you want to, if you want a, a, a relentless faith, you have to be pursuing the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, with, and he's saying, and he's saying in these verses, I know trials are coming. I know trials are coming, but I'm going anyway. And so I would ask us in here, like, are we avoiding the, are we avoiding difficult things in our lives because we are, we, we don't like the resistance? Or are we engaging the Holy Spirit, being willing to face things in our lives that may be difficult and saying, I'm going because God has called me to do so and he will sustain me. So let me, let me continue to look at what we have here. Look, look. There's, there's three ways that, that, I, that, that we can kind of engage the Holy Spirit. The first way that we engage the Holy Spirit is through God's word. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that, that when people say Holy Spirit, you know, red flags go up or, or people kind of have this confusion about who the Holy Spirit is. Look, the Bible lays out who the Holy Spirit is in his word. And the word of God is infallible and it's true and it, and, and it will bring truth to, our, to what, what our feelings about the Holy Spirit are. And in order, if we want to live a life of relentless faith, that means we need to engage the Holy Spirit and we engage the Holy Spirit through learning how, uh, learning about him. Learning who he is, learning how he shows up in our lives, learning, learning that he's our, our counselor, that, 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 he, that he intercedes on our behalf. There's all these, there's all these uh, nuances in, in, in realms, in, in conversations about the Holy Spirit, but God's word brings truth to those. And so if, you, if you're thinking, like, how do we engage the Holy Spirit? The first way we engage it is by learning who he is learning who he is and how he shows up in our lives. We're, we're tapping into a power there because we're learning about how we can utilize the Holy Spirit to help us um, walk and live like Christ. So you're tapping into a, uh, into a power. Sometimes, sometimes we're afraid of what might come so we don't investigate, uh, 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 you know, because we're afraid that we're going to uncover something that, that is a little uneasy. But here's, what, here's, what, here's what's happening here. We're engaging the Holy Spirit. We're looking at God's word. We're uncovering. And then we're like, yo, I just unlocked a secret power. Like an advantage is not a coincidence. It gives us advantage 
over things in our lives. It gives us, we're walking with Jesus' spirit inside of us. And the second way we engage the Holy Spirit is through our worship. The Bible says, enter his praise with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. When we engage the Holy Spirit, we are inviting his presence, and his presence is there. This is a promise that he's given us, that when we engage him, his presence is there. And we're going to have an opportunity to do this in a few moments, and I want us to go after it. As we engage his, his man, the presence of God is in this place. Like, that's crazy, and he wants us to, to engage him so that, so that we could live um, man, with relentless faith. And the last thing, we engage the Holy Spirit through prayer. Prayer is our open communication between us and God. It's a conversation between us and God. A relentless, a relentless faith is one where we're talking to God. We're building a relationship with him. We're, we're not just asking him for a bunch of stuff and expecting him to deliver. No, we're, we're engaging God. God, help me know your will. God, I'm, I, I want to know your will for my life. I want to know your calling on my life. I want to know what it is that you have next for me, for my family. And as we engage the Holy Spirit and we, and we look at God's word, look, God, your, your feelings, might you might feel a certain way. And then and, and you might be like, is this God? You might be praying and, and feel like God is leading you in this direction. And then you, t- and you do what? You do what with that? You engage it by taking, you engage the Holy Spirit by taking this to his word. God's not going to give you a word that's contrary to the word that he's already given us. And so it's, so it's like, so, so those are three ways we engage the Holy Spirit through, we engage the Holy Spirit through God's word. We engage, engage the Holy Spirit through our worship. And then we engage the Holy Spirit through prayer. Here's, what I want, here's why I think you and I need this reminder tonight. Because trials will come. In fact, for many of us, we're in the middle of a trial right now. And we don't want to run the other way towards something that may be good but not God. We want to live with this relentless faith. Look, the word relent means to let up, to slacken, to soften, to slow up, to succumb, or to yield. And tonight, let's be relentless by declaring that there will, we will not let this be. We will not slow down. We will not yield. Tonight, I want us to declare that we will not relent in our praise and worship, that we will engage the Holy Spirit. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you guys are spiritually tonight. And I don't know what your circumstances look like. I don't know what hurts you're dealing with. I don't know what struggles you're dealing with. But here's what I do know. When you look at what Paul was about to face, he faced trials and adversities with with, with such a peace and a resolve. Why? Because he knew that the, 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 the afflictions, the temporary afflictions that we face here are nothing compared to when we get in glory and we're in his presence. And so, man, here's what I want us to do tonight. I want you guys to all stand with me. In a moment, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna get engaged in worship. But here's how I want this, us to wrap this up. Look, some of you guys right now, some of us, man, the world feels like it's piling more and more stuff on our shoulders. The world feels like just like it's crumbling all around of us. Some of us, man, we're hearing bad news from the doctors. Some of us, our parents are brink of divorce. Some of us, man, we're just depressed. Some of us are lonely. Some of us are happy. Some of, look, we're all over this spectrum in here. trials will come but you and I have the ability to face these trials with an unwavering faith and that unwavering faith and that resolve and that power
power and that boldness and that ability to face, look at the enemy and say, not today, Satan, not in my house. We have healing. Look, this series, like we haven't even begun to engage like the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. There's, there's signs and wonders and miracles and healings. And, and look, these things are promised. As we engage the Holy Spirit, here's what I would encourage you tonight. Whatever, whatever trial you're facing right now, whatever, anything in your life that you're facing right now, I would, I would, I would encourage you that as we engage the Holy Spirit through our worship, would you say, God, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because the truth is, the same power that conquered the grave lives in you and me. The Bible promises that greater things that we will do. Why? Because His Spirit lives in us. Could you imagine if you and I, all around us, if you and I began to live with this relentless faith, could you imagine what we would see in this place, what we would see in our jobs, what we would see in our homes, if we begin to engage the Holy Spirit, if we begin to pursue Him in our worship, if we begin to pursue Him in our own lives. Look, tonight we are having an opportunity to respond, to be in God's presence, and I want to encourage you, leave it all at His feet. Walk with confidence, walk boldly, walk in the midst of that trial. You look at that trial face to face and you don't back down. You say, Satan, you may be coming at me, but you got nothing. Why? Because I got the Holy Spirit and he's given me power and he's given me boldness. So tonight we declare that in our worship. Tonight we declare that with our voice. Tonight we declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So when we worship, I encourage you, do it with all that you have. Do it with all you have because no trial is greater than our God.